Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loading. Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod, brought to you by General Andrews and Liberty Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. This is episode 20 of season 4, Hidden Gems of the Game Boy and Game Boy Advanced. <laughs> hey, Flippity Flam, somehow we're alive! We're live, barely, <laughs> but we're... <laughs> We've made it. We've we've cusped the horizon that is COVID, and we've finally we've, we can think ish as ish. <laughs> Somehow we digitally passed it amongst one another. You know that was that was uh, that was a feat all on its own. Uh, but then we've also digitally isolated ourselves from one another. Yes. So I think we've done a very very good job of handling uh, said uh, sicknesses. We so were far. very very responsible. Yes. All right now I am wearing a mask. That's why it's really hard to hear me. And uh, yeah. um, <laughs> it was really like, weird that we got it at the same breathe. time, though. Like <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah, I agree. It was just like within like a twelve-hour time change yeah. worth. It was like, wait, what? You have it too? Oh, wow! So, My goodness gracious! No. <laughs> like it's it's good so we can both be on the same page, pumping out content for these amazing listeners of ours. At the same time, it's like darn usually we could lean on one person when the other one's kind of you know putting around right now it was like no you both need a week off right now (laughs) shut up and and go enjoy yourselves it's it's so funny too because like i had a planned week off in a couple of weeks from now you know versus like it being just kind of force-fed right now i'm like well this is not really how i wrote this up but okay all right we'll go with the flow here we'll go with the flow (laughs) All right, going with the flow. Uh, how nice was it when we were children to be able to go with the flow when it came to our video game playing, and we didn't get to be at home? Oh, the the beauty of the handheld consoles, General. Oh my goodness. So let's let's dive into that aspect first before we even jump into any of our hidden gems. Uh, but the Game Boy was a massive deal when I was growing up. It I had the big old huge. brick style too like the big old brick one Same. You know, it was heavy, like gray. My, man my brother and i shared that one and then oh, okay. we both got our own game boy colors because like the handheld systems if you didn't know it was like okay for poor kids too because it was pretty cheap mm-hmm. it was only like 50 bucks right. for for a handheld console which honestly i think is what got more people into the gaming aspect right because mm-hmm. a lot of times what holds you back from getting into some of the games money money it's expensive right i mean like back then you know 200 dollars is a big deal to spend on a console yeah right now we're like 200 dollars. i would love to spend 200 dollars on a console <laughs> you know or, or if you go on handheld nowadays a lot of times it's a mobile device well mobile device i mean you're talking you know, on your cheap end you're talking about 400 500 yeah and there's nobody else who's, who's done it any better than nintendo no we'll definitely talk about other ones as we go along with it but i do feel when it came to the handheld accessibility 
and the amount of titles Mm -hmm. this is definitely one that nintendo dominated was the handheld uh space they were the only ones in it for ever because the only one to come out and try and compete was like playstation portable the psp well there was that phase where sega was trying to oh that's true i was gonna say sega tried that too with the game gear that's right you're right and that was a really bad flop well it was a bad flop due to the fact that we'll go into this more in another episode it had a lot to do with the fact that they didn't have enough titles uh because they were the first ones to introduce color Oh, and because they introduced color for the handheld, that's what gave them a little bit of a stake in the market. However, a lot of the others were a lot of deve- all the other devs weren't creating color oriented titles because Nintendo was ahead by a couple of years in the market and so they were able to go ahead and pump out some content uh where people are like oh this is what we need to you know um, we need to model our games to this instead of like wait so you you can do this this and this because it, it was a, a bigger device right it had a little bit more yeah. space on it they were able to do a little bit more with it so there were some really cool titles that went with that but like a lot of systems unless that one or two titles is so earth shattering it doesn't carry a whole system for very long. It doesn't, no. Like, had those titles been like Pokemon at that point in time, that would, obviously, we know that they teamed up with Nintendo and all that kind of stuff, um, so that was not the case. But had it been Pokemon as the standard for them, they probably would have still been in the market today with that kind of stuff. Man, can you imagine the Sega, the handheld system, had Pokemon and not Nintendo? I, I can't. It'd be so hard It'd to fathom so what would happen. <laughs> Because that's what made handheld games for me was freaking Pokemon, man. Like, I still remember walking down the street with my box of Game Boy with the Pokemon Yellow. Like, yes, okay. this is the one. Loved it. I was definitely a Pokemon Red. No surprise there. Oh, of course. Of course you were. And then my brother was a Pokemon Blue. Because those at that, at that time, those were the only ones that were out, at least mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah. And uh, it was such a big deal to be playing those kind of games because there was so much content on those specific Game Boy titles because they were they, they were really long when you compare it to a lot of games that you would get on Game Boy that were moderate, I would say, in length. Usually the difficulty curve was high enough that extended the playtime on a lot of those titles versus the fact that like it was just a lot, a lot, a lot of content it was in such a small little package and like it's it's so clever too where the content is you're catching these pocket monsters right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the the whole length of the game is is catching different types of them and some of them have different catch rates and all that and and different showing up rates and it's super duper clever to extend your titles playability with that kind of system absolutely Uh, let's get back into the fact that the system itself what were the limitations uh dealing with when it came to game boys and game boy advances being that they're handheld well especially back then batteries yeah how who's got some triple a batteries i need double a batteries i need need double a's now i need them i need four to power this thing start turning around flipping them you know backwards just to get a little more juice out of them right shaking them yeah you know you're like wait the the screen's starting to to fade a little bit no no don't die on me game (laughs) please don't i remember trying to play the game on on car rides home 
it'd be so dark or whatever and you couldn't see crap on the screen <laughs> oh man right yeah <laughs> like i could do this i remember uh my because my mom was super my mom loved the game boy one that came around and so she was big into uh getting all the little advancements so she bought the magnifying glass Ooh. which was like you would attach it to the screen yeah and, so and make it look bigger because it's magnifying it right yeah and so I remember playing that for a while. Eventually, I was like, no, nah, this is just too, you know, in my way, right? It was, it was too cumbersome. Mm. But then also there was the light. The light, yeah. Definitely used the heck out of that thing. I don't know what happened to it, honestly. I wonder where that light is nowadays. Oh, it's in a box somewhere, I guarantee it. You it's know. where I usually find all my Game Boy Advance attachments. They're just in a <laughs> box right there. I'm like, what is this for? I'm like, that's a very weird plug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so obviously we've talked about some of the popular games. We talked about the Game Boy uh, themselves, but let's start diving into these hidden gems. Oh, baby. All right, so the last few times we've gone out here, I've started us off or whatever, and then you kind of take on the, 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 the meat, the girth of it, and then I'll, I'll cap us. Let's flip-flop it this time flip around. Flip-flop it. Let's have you go ahead and start us off on your hidden gem for the Game Boy or Game Boy Color. We're going to can kind of consider those synonymous because a lot of titles you could play back and forth. You play back and forth, easily. yeah. There wasn't any, it wasn't like going from Game Boy to Game Boy Advance where Advance had better technology in it. Game Boy and Game Boy Color were basically the same except one had color. That, that yeah, was, a little bit, of, yeah, it had an extra color palette on it, yep. That, that was really it. So the one I picked is, is one I played very, very little bit of because okay. I didn't have this. I had to borrow this from a friend and it was Kid Dracula. <laughs> Now, I definitely know that game. I never owned it myself, but it was very, it was almost like a, a chibi version of uh, a Dracula looking kind of character. Is yes, that correct? Yeah, it, it's like okay. basically chibi Castlevania. Is, Which is kind of cool. It is, it is yeah. Is Castlevania was scary as a kid, at least it to was. me. I was like, like the music, how dark it was. You know, it'd get, when it would go to night, it only gets scarier. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah. Dad made me play Super Castlevania 4 as a kid. That was terrifying. Was that? <laughs> I played Super Super Castlevania 4 as a kid, and it was super terrifying. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Those mud men still scare me to this day. The, the, the gosh darn uh, wood panels that you didn't know at first would just spin on you and you'd fall and die. That was scary. Yeah, me those I... are the worst. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. I just got to jump time this, right? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so rude <laughs> so this game came out in 93 good year right let's mm -hmm. see here so it's actually from the belmont clan it's actually a play on castlevania like straight up oh is it really yeah that's sick the protagonist is a lovable pint-sized version of the vampire lord himself who is tasked with combating his rifle the demon garamoth is that who the demon ends up in Garamoth? Okay, cool. Garamoth, yeah. And it's it's just like a straight up chibi platformer. It was super duper fun, but it has like different levels that kind of mirror what Castlevania was, like the clock tower and the graveyard and the waterways and and all those sorts of things. It was it was a neat game. That is so cool though. It's, again, especially because you were able to jump into the Castlevania theme world, but not feel inundated with the pure stress and horror that typically accompanies you know the castlevania games obviously once we've gone older we're not as you know affected by that but as kids that was a big deal the atmosphere the ambiance really kind of yeah. set set it just like we were talking about pokemon earlier right the whole idea of capturing pokemon you know um, moving along with the story but then one maybe come back to an area because you want to catch very specific pokemon the ambiance is keeping you in those 
feelings, right? So with this, that's very cool to be in a Dracula, excuse me, in a Castlevania yeah. game with Kid Dracula, and yet it feels a little bit more like, hey, I can kind of do this. And you're still learning more and more about uh, Belmont and the clan. Yeah, it's super. They even have the, most of the songs are rewritten of Castlevania. Like for the stage one music is Bloodlines from Castlevania 3. That is sick. How cool. Now, is that your favorite song you feel from that title? I would probably have to say so, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm not a big Bloody Tears fan as everybody else is. I was curious because a lot of people normally are so I was like I gotta ask just in case you you felt like that as well I've heard it in so many different Kaizo hacks at this point it's it's like a meme it's like (laughs) bloody tears cloud of bloody tears please just stop like there are other good Castlevania songs please no more bloody tears bloody tears It's giving me bloody tears. Yeah, it is. From all orifices of my body. I don't yes. like it. I don't like it at all. Is there anything else about uh, uh, Kid Dracula that would be important for any of us to know tripping on this whole hidden gem world? No, I would say if you if you, if you want to play it, find a ROM. Don't find the cartridge because it's apparently very rare. And that just means it's probably very expensive. That makes sense, which I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because the next game I'm going to talk about yeah, it's here... It's $150. Or something like a hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have fun buying that, you know, don't do that. So the game I'm going to dive into here is called trip world and uh trip world is really, it was a game that I never got to play, but I wanted to play because it's like a mixture of why wow, my brain just freeze for a second. I had it. It was a mixture of like Kirby and like Pokemon. Now, not Pokemon in the sense of, you know, like we were talking about earlier where you're walking around and you're capturing things mm-hmm. and you're fighting against trainers, but just more of the, the different type of creatures, the, the cutesy little creatures that look like they would be real creatures, even though they're not, you know, that, that kind of uh, yeah. look to them. And so this game, though, it was a platformer. So, again, not like Pokemon in the sense that you're, you know, you're linearly walking and you're moving from place, location to location. Uh, but instead, you're, you know, you're actually jumping from platform to platform, uh, traversing against all these different uh, enemies. But uh, this game was uh, created by Sunsoft. And the art direction and smooth control is really what got a lot of people to say, hey, this was really awesome. What was also cool about this title uh, was the music that was composed for it. People who have played this game will definitely talk about the aspect of what they really, really enjoyed about the musical composition of the game. Uh, but now people are like, well, I want to kind of picture this a little bit better. Another way you can kind of picture this is if anyone who remembers the game Mr. Gimmick. No. What is Mr. Gimmick? Okay, so Mr. Gimmick is another game that's a platformer-based game. It's actually a really hard game, especially if you're trying to speedrun it, uh, because of the way that you have to, uh, the way you have to kill enemies. There's a lot of times you have to fire your shots um, one on top of the other, and every time you fire on top of it, it's it's creating a new type of damage structure. Oh, <laughs> and then you would also you can dive into it. You, you you then also can use your character as another type of move set to crash into your move that you've already set up ahead of time, and to do damage that way. And so different enemies take on different amounts of damage based on the types of combos that you do to them. Oh, so now um 
more of those key aspects with it was that the uh, this game actually had impressive visuals again because it was a Game Boy game, not a Game Boy Color game, uh, but your original Game Boy game with a lot of your 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 grays, your whites, your kind of off green that 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 light kind of very very light green. You're like, what is that gray or not? You know that yeah. kind of feel to it. Uh, and it is also very reminiscent of Kirby games. Very fluid animation, uh, smooth scrolling when it came from. Uh, scene to scene the backgrounds were actually really highly detailed that was one thing i remember as a kid when i'd be playing game boy games uh because since it was such a small game um screen you had enough time to actually soak in the whole screen yeah and so it was actually very important that games did a good job of filling in the backgrounds with visually appealing aspects because you had time to actually look at it. Other games, there's too much stuff going on sometimes. It's on to your second or third playthrough where you're now looking like, oh, do you see that little guy in the background? Oh, that's cool. You know, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, in this, you were definitely getting sucked into that right away. Now, this game also did a really cool thing, and this is another reason why I wanted to bring this up as a hidden gem, especially for the Game Boy, was that it had a couple of nice animated cutscenes without using what? any text. No text but they had animated cutscenes in this game. That's crazy. This is a Game Boy game. This is a Game Boy game. That's why I had to bring it up. It's because it's like, wait a second. What the heck? So like, little are you able to do combinations like we we're talking about before for a game like Gimmick? Because those who know Gimmick, they'll be like, I know what you're talking about. I'm probably describing it a little bit too daft, but that, that's the idea behind it. And then the fact that it had cutscenes built into the game, like that was just totally normal. Again, they didn't use text, so you, you were just kind of watching the actions of the so-called creatures and your main character here, which is, I want to say, what, what is your main character's even name? Is it just called Trip World? Is that the name of your character, Mr. too? Mr. Trip. I don't, yeah, I don't Mr. know. Mr. Trip. Who are you? Let's see. Let's, let's, okay, no, Yakapu. That's the name of your character. And he's actually a young member of the Sha, Shabu Boo? Shabu Boo. Mm. We'll go with the Shabu Boo race or bunny-like beings. And that, so these bunny-like beings actually are, are super, super cute. Here, I'm going to send this to you so you can have a, a visual of it real quick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? You're like, wait a sec. Okay, that looks kind of cool. He's so adorable. <laughs> and so this this little guy lives on uh, a, a mount, a holy mount known as Mount Dubious, and he lives with his grandfather. And his grandfather is the one that wears uh, a hat or whatever, a typical like like um, rice farmer's hat and whatnot. And uh, the whole importance of it is that they have supernatural powers, and because the supernatural powers that they're getting from the flowers that grow on this mountain, they're obviously supposed to use them for good. And it's his father, his, sorry, his grandfather. Uh, teaches him, hey, let's make sure this doesn't fall into the wrong hands because they're they're going to use it for the wrong reasons. And so it's a whole story about that. And, of course, what happens? Falls into Somebody the wrong hands, the right? Wrong hand. Somebody <laughs> takes it. So therefore, peace is now gone. So if anyone remembers Secret of Mana, where when you take the sword, the the, the holy sword out of the beginning portion of the game, and now everyone's mad at you for disrupting peace, even though that's what you had to do, right? That's the same kind of concept going on here. As soon as those flowers get taken by the opposing evil forces, that therefore now the world needs to be corrected before it is too late. That makes really sense, cool though. game. That looks amazing. Right? And this one is, uh, from what I remember, it's not too expensive. It's just hard to get regardless. 
that's 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 only unfortunate side of it. it's just hard to get regardless it does seem like it's just hard to get yeah because this ranges from 200 to 15 so <laughs> yeah. gives you an idea that it's there it's not impossible but it's no. it's, it's not it'd be nice if you already owned it mint in box for eighteen thousand dollars you just got eighteen thousand dollars lying around well if i do i'm, I'm sure trip world will take it right from me yeah you right. know? <laughs> all right all right let's go ahead and move along to our second half of this which would be the game boy advance now the game boy oh. advance i actually only got to play a little bit of it only because at that point in time now it's time for me to start getting out there and, and dating and you know like hanging out with the homies and not all homies were all pro you know playing video games even like they really were they were just closet about it they're just yeah but, <laughs> right you know you, the things you learn when you get older you're like oh you son of a bitch you can be playing games for the last 20 years together anyways the game I'm going to bring up is called Ninja 5-0. And you were telling me about this before we recorded, and it sounds like I'm so upset that I missed this because the Game Boy Advance was my bread and butter. Okay, so I want to read this because it's it's such a... Okay, it's, it's so cool because this right here... I literally thought that more people would have known about this game. So it was really interesting when I went to go ahead and dive into the whole hidden gems aspect of it. I was like, Ninja 5-0 ended up being like a hidden gem? Really? Because it really should have been like a game that kept the Game Boy advanced in everyone's discussion. So what happened is, is this game was like a lost classic from like the 16-bit era. And it had a beautiful combination of Ninja Gaiden and Bionic Commando. And the, the controls are really tight. Uh, the story was very well told as far as, you know, being on a Game Boy uh, style. And you were a magic-wielding ninja, but you were also a cop. So obviously you, you were strong with duty. You know, so now with that, the problem was is that the Ninja 5.0 was set up to fail from the start. It's unknown how many copies were even made, uh, but it was nearly impossible to find one at the time of release. And so that's why when I think about me going and playing it, I did not own it. I played it on a friend's. I'm thinking, does that friend still have it? Because... <laughs> that's pretty good yeah you know because i wouldn't mind like hey do you still want that game or not uh because now the game was developed in japan like most games right most games were originally developed in japan before they came on over to us this was a 2003 hudson soft game which i did not realize like the more and more i think about it's like i should have remembered it just from the the start screen you know that obviously it was a hudson uh soft game because they do a pretty good job of always making sure to put their moniker on there but it doesn't make me think of a typical Hudson Soft game. No, it doesn't. So they definitely went outside of their scope and owned it here with Ninja 5.0. Now, to continue to go along with why uh, it failed in the sense that they, they didn't give it a real good chance to like for people to say, oh, no, we all know this game and we all love this game, was that the media outlets barely covered it. I didn't know about the game besides the fact that my friend had it. And then so they, they developed in Japan, but they didn't even release it there. You're joking, right? I would love to say I was joking, but they made a Ninja 5.0 game to not even release it in Japan. They released it out here in the States and in Europe. Yeah, we don't want this game. The Americans, yeah. though, they'll love it. Like, okay, we're going we're gonna to make this game that has a lot of our themes, you know, that go along with it. And, you know, we're the ones that more so relate with ninjas than any of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to make sure not to go ahead and put that here. So I, I, again, I don't know what they were thinking. 
Now, typically, this game is selling for like the, when you're trying to find it, it's like a thousand dollars minimum at most situations. I've never been able to find it in the wild since whenever I've gone on any of my uh, flea markets. It's been a little while, of course, you know, pre-COVID. Um, uh, that it was like, okay, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go every, you know, once a month, go to the flea market and see if I can find some games. I've never found Ninja 5.0 since then. Uh, but it's definitely worth the price if you're able to get it and you are a big fan of buying a game and keeping it for yourself. If you're trying to buy it to go ahead and resell it, I mean, that's on you. That, that That's your own prerogative. But it is definitely a game that's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. With that being said, though, of course, it's quite expensive. So anybody else who's trying to work with a budget, it probably won't work with most people's budgets. No, em- emulators. People. There you go. Find the ROMs. I, yeah. We can't. This is our podcast. We're not endorsed <laughs> by anybody. It's not. <laughs> Nobody's you paying us for here. this shit. <laughs> now, if for those of you that are uh, use PAL or whatever, right? Those yes. in Europe, if you're looking for this game, it's not called Ninja Five O. It's called Ninja Cop. Ninja Cop. Because of course they had to rename it, right? I mean, I don't know, whatever. I think they're you know this, Hawaii Five O, Ninja Five O, Ninja this? Cop. I was gonna whatever. say like Hawaii Five O. That's got to be it, right? Like Ninja right? Cop, Ninja Five O. That's why it's called Five <laughs> O in America. Apparently, Hawaii. Just so funny. God, that's yeah, so it's, good. It's super Super, super good game. I would I would highly recommend it for anyone who gets an opportunity to play that game. Man, I'm going to have to go find that. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, hold on, I'm going to get that. this emulated. Same thing I'm going to do with this one as well. All right, let's hear this one, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, and, and I'm going to give it an honorable mention, because also, A, there are so many Game Boy Advance games out there. If y'all didn't know, this was one of the longest running uh, handheld titles for Nintendo was the Game Boy Advance, and it has like, hundreds upon hundreds of games for it and they're all usually really good the, honestly they did a, I, I agree with you they did a great job with their handheld excuse me that's why i'm surprised that so often like oh th- this is a hidden gem this is a hidden gem it's like really it is like i figured people knew about it yeah right so my honorable mention is going to be astro boy omega factor it's basically shmup astro boy which who doesn't want that i mean being an anime fan obviously i know astro boy now does that mean i'm a diehard astro boy fan not necessarily but now you're putting it in a shmup count me in count me in and this came out it came out in 2004 by treasure who did they did ikaruga as well and sin and and punishment two other really good shmup shooters so of course the astro boy one is is definitely pretty good Okay, cool. So they, they already had a uh, foothold in foot making in good quality yeah. shmups, so they were able to just bank out on that. Okay, and this was also like their last game that they ever made too. They haven't. No they way. Haven't, they haven't come back either. They went out on top, is what you're saying. <laughs> they 100 percent did. They were like Astro Boys or Magnum Opus. And that's that's it. We're done. We're out of here. We don't need any more money. We don't want any more accolades. This is it. But I, I saw this one and I'm like, I have to talk about this one. Good, it's, good, I'm glad. It's by Game Freak, the ones who did Pokemon as well. Oh my gosh, okay, okay. <laughs> for it to be lesser known is like mind-blowing to me because I, I haven't really heard of it until I read about this. It's called Drill Dozer. Drill Dozer? And apparently it's exactly how it sounds. You want to go forwards, you drill. You want to go backwards, you drill. You want to jump, you drill. And it's... All about drilling. That's that's the whole game, like a drilling platformer. I want oil, boy. <laughs> oil. Yes, you need to learn about oil. The graphics are great. 
from what I see here, but it's also the, the cartridge was one of the very few cartridges on the GBA that actually had a rumble feature in it. Okay, wow, that almost that was about to cough yeah. on there because like, wait, what? Rumble yeah. feature it had a rumble feature in it. That's I remember when the rumble feature was such a mind blowing thing, right? And then I remember, you know, after what three, four, five, six months of it, it was like, okay, can I turn off the rumble feature? Yeah. Like, I'm tired of getting like <laughs> so paralysis from my hands going numb <laughs> from all the rumbling. Well, like uh, the worst part for me is when like you set your your controller down for a cutscene. And you forget to turn the rumble feature off, and then it's like rumbling all over your. Yeah, exactly. Oh crap! It's destroying your desk. Put that on the carpet quick. Yeah, there was only one other one that had a rumble feature in the pack. I can't remember what one it was, but I think That's it was more of a cool, though. Yeah. One of the few that actually had the rumble pack feature. Wow, that, that is fascinating. God, Just mean... like these games were, you know. Oh, right. It, it, it's so cool to to trip up. <laughs> trip world uh the trip on these games because of the fact that like i was watching another individual streaming earlier today and they were streaming super mario rpg someone had come in now that's a super nintendo game for those of you curious mm-hmm. super is used all over the place it's not necessarily an indicator to super nintendo game yeah. uh and they were like i didn't even know mario had this style of game right yeah now it's not their fault for not knowing because there's so many games in the world but to me it's mind-blowing still to think wow what a popular title where someone's like i have never heard of this now could they be making it up they could be but i highly doubt it it didn't seem to make a difference at that point in time to be like hey i never heard of this game and so it's so cool to have this kind of segments that we've been having lately and hopefully this gets people to say hey you know what i remember that game like i can't wait for anyone to be messaging in the you know the twitter threads or on the discord saying i I remember that game that was really cool or i've never heard of that game but i want to go check it out yeah i i discover so many new ones every single time we do this like it's amazing yeah, yeah same <laughs> i'm doing this and i do my research and i'm like okay is this really considered a hidden gem or am i just a, a, a moron yeah <laughs> do a lot of people know about this no okay it's a hidden gem i guess and then you start seeing some of the other titles. You're like, wait a second, what game is that one? Oh, it's kind of cool. Okay, all right, sweet. And yeah, it really is. It's a trip on its own because there's so many really cool games that were just, you know, again, as, as weird as the fact that Ninja 5.0 was not released in Japan, even though it was created in Japan. That's so weird. That's right? just so weird to me. Like that game, that game might have been a that might have been a banger across the world had they released it in Japan because it was a good game. But, you know, again, that, that's why we do this stuff so y'all can, you know, have fun. We could argue about it. We could talk about it. We can get all these other different ideas out about these awesome gems. So thank you so much for tuning on in, Dreamers. Flamley, love you as always. And bye bye